As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. It was history in the making. The Bucks win the NBA championship. There are highs. It's Josh Hader slamming the door in the ninth inning. Aaron Rodgers, three-time and reigning NFL MVP. And lows. Will he be the quarterback of the Packers in the future? But when it comes to Wisconsin sports. At American Family Field. In the Deer District. Outside Lambeau Field. You'll find him there. In Arizona. In Kansas City. In Chicago. Levi's Stadium. At Ford Field. At the U.S. Bank Stadium. Outside Soldier Field. This week on Open Record, we go behind the scenes with Tim Vanvoren. Tim Vanvoren. Tim Vanvoren. Fox 6. Fox 6. Fox 6 Sports. From the Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. I'm Brian Polson, and I'm here with executive producer Sarah Smith. Hey, Sarah. Hello. And we have one of my favorite podcast guests back on with us this week. It is Fox 6 Sports Director Tim Van Voren, who is in Kansas City right now. Tim, thanks for making the time for us. Absolutely, Brian and Sarah. It's always one of my favorite things to do, quite honestly. That's not lip service. We're always talking about fun stuff. Well, and we are recording this episode of Fun Stuff on Wednesday, August 24th for release on Thursday, August 25th. Tim, as I said, is in Kansas City. The Packers have their final preseason game of the year there this weekend, and then things get serious as the regular season is set to begin in September. For you and the Fox Sports team, Tim, I know that means some busy weeks are ahead. And I want to start out, though, by kind of going back a little bit. When I was talking to you about coming on this podcast, I asked how long you've been covering the Packers, and you said you first started covering... I know you came to Fox 6 before this, but you first started covering the Packers game by game in 1995. So if I'm counting right, this is your 28th season? Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Looking back to 1995, the Packers have played 433 regular season games, 39 playoff games, and that includes 15 division championships and, of course, three Super Bowl appearances. They've won two of them. You've been there for almost, but not quite, all of those games, right? That's phenomenal. And then throw in the preseason games as well. So the, the number keeps growing. You're right. We've been to Fox six has had a tremendous commitment to the Packers, easily the, the leader in the state. And it's just been great to be the representative at, at all those games. That's not lip service. That's really true. Uh, so you're talking about almost 500 games there with those numbers. And it's amazing. We didn't go to a few games after nine 11 because of course, travel in America was, was so uh, diminished. And uh, during the pandemic, we went to more games than anybody else, but we didn't go to some of those longer trips uh, in that situation as well. But I, it would be single digit games that I've missed since 1995, always because of some circumstance, uh, you know, kind of world circumstance more than anything else. So, Tim, what is it? I mean, th- I think this is really the crux of what I want to talk about today is what is it like covering the Green Bay Packers. And I don't mean like the feel of being in the stadium and all those sorts of things, but I mean, 
what is the actual job of covering the Packers? You know, right now you're on the road, and we were just talking about this. You know, it, it's uh, 11.30 on Wednesday morning. You've already done one hit for the news, and you're going to be doing more after you're done. What, what, what is it like throughout the day and throughout the week as you're, you're covering this team? Uh, well, the demand is great because the interest is great. So that's a terrific situation to be in as far as I'm concerned. We're all in the business where you want to be covering relevant topics and, and teams, whatever it might be, uh, whether that's news, sports, whatever. And, and the Packers are certainly that. Let's just say they play a game on a Sunday. Let's get into the regular season and look at it that way. They'll play a game on a Sunday, Brian and Sarah. Uh, so we'll be at the game, home or away. You do your, your pregame show. If we have one of those, we do a new special maybe afterwards right on through our Fox 6 Sports Blitz, which would end, of course, at 11.05 at night. If they're at home, then, you know, we're rolling the week out again on Monday. If they're on the road, obviously, you come back. People sometimes ask, do you travel with the team? No, we don't travel with the team. We travel uh, from Milwaukee, commercial travel, um, which is an adventure these days, of course, as well. And then you just go through the week. So Monday to me, an NFL week, Monday's a review day. That's when the team is reviewing. That's when we're reviewing. That's when the viewers are reviewing and the listeners. They're talking about what happened that game. Tuesday is kind of a reboot. You clear your head. Wednesday, everything starts anew. So I'm back up in Green Bay every Wednesday. Aaron Rodgers speaks on Wednesday. Uh, Matt LaFleur speaks on Wednesday. By then, you're looking ahead to the next game, and the cycle continues. So Thursday is a preparation day for that as well. Practice for the team. We're on that story as well. Friday is a quieter day. And then Saturday, you're traveling if it's a road game or you're getting back in position for Sunday's game. And the loop continues. And obviously things can come up during those weeks and boom, you jump because it's Packer news. But that's kind of the structure that you're in during a regular season week. I will say, so obviously having worked with you, Tim, for many years, and I mean, I guess if anyone watches too, that they know you're up at outside Lambeau several times a week. Um, and my husband at one point said, does Tim just stay at an apartment up there? And I was like, he does not. They drive back and forth every Wednesday if it's Packers Wednesday or if they play earlier like a Thursday or something. It's earlier in the week. But it's unbelievable, just the, even the amount of travel and time. Like, do you use that time in the car? <laughs> what do you do in the car? Are you like a just sit and relax? Are you, you know, do you prep? Yeah, I think you do all those things, Sarah. And I tell people that I do know the mile markers on I-43 pretty well. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was thinking uh, about that lot, too. Yeah. A lot of times uh, up and back, no question about it. Uh, generally on the way up, I am prepping. A lot of times on the way back, I'll drive and, and a photographer will edit. Um, technology has, has helped a lot in that way. I, I've been doing this so long. We used to take what we called the Fox 6 portable editor back in the 90s. And if there was ever a misnomer, that was it. Because that was hardly <laughs> a portable <laughs> editor. Yeah. But we would... Lug that thing up to Lambeau Field. You wouldn't get out of there until 10 o'clock at night. Now you know, there's so much more portability with things so we can maximize the time a little bit better. But, you know, I've stayed in Green Bay plenty of times. I know a lot of the continental breakfast menus around town <laughs> as well. Uh, but I do prefer to get back. You, you touch base at home and then you, you turn around and go right back up there. So you certainly know the road. I would say a lot of it is prepping. Some of it is is uh, even being in contact with the Packer media relations people or, hey, what's happening today? What What is the schedule? How's that been altered? How will that affect our day? That sort of thing. There's it's just kind of staying organized, even though there's that structure week by week. You, there are a lot of things within that structure that you have to stay on top of. 
I would love to have said that in the car you're getting caught up on the latest episode of Open Record, but I know that's not the case. Nonetheless, uh, you th- this is actually this. So this is a real question, serious question. I w- when I first got into the broadcasting industry, it wasn't television; it was radio. And I had had a dream of being a sports play-by-play announcer. Um, I'm from St. Louis. Everybody can hate me. I, I'm, I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan, and I wanted to be the next Jack Buck. So that was my dream. And I got into the business and realized, okay, I'm not going to go that route. There's too many other people who know sports better and who are, uh, you know, more skilled at this. But what I realized along the way was how enjoyable it is to be a sports fan and how sometimes when you're working sports and you're covering sports, it can almost take some of that away because you can't cheer. You can't be a fan the same way just a fan is. For you doing this for a career, has it been difficult to be a fan of the Green Bay Packers when you're always there working the games? It's a terrific question. I grew up as a sports fan, not a hardcore team fan. And I didn't know that really at the time. But as I look back now, that helped for what I got into, because I can really be a fan of a good game. If the Packers and Lions play a good game, I can truly appreciate and enjoy that experience without having my spirits crushed if the Packers lose. Um, So that's helped. I would say from a professional standpoint, when the team you're covering on a regular basis does better, it's easier, it's more fun, it's uh, it's a higher profile type situation. So that's all true. The people we're talking to, the people we're uh, interacting with are in a probably a better mood. So that's all part of it. And it's been interesting. The Packers have had, as you said, since 1995, when I started covering them, Brian, uh, they've had so many good seasons, believable. But they've had a few bad ones, too. And it's been good to go through that professionally to know what that's like, to see the dynamic change over the course of a football season when your team is out of it by November. What happens then? And it's been and and the inevitable coaching changes, things like that. So it's been good to have a lot of success for sure. It's been terrific to be be around that. But it's been good to have some of those down seasons as well to really get the idea of how you cover a, a team that is there for, for the fans year in and year out. The fans ride that emotionally. We have to reflect that and not create that. Talking about the players, and obviously you having done this for decades, you know, you are in the locker room, you develop relationships with these players um, because you're talking to them several times a week after games, you know, like you said, the good, the bad. Um, you know, what kind of of relationships does that help you like do you feel like the relationships you have and I know players come and go um obviously throughout the season even but you know do you think that that's been a a positive for you to have some of these relationships with these players that that have been around for a while unquestionably and uh, I think you know the way we do it at Fox 6 and have done it for many years I, I am the person there so that continuity is really something. There are a lot of ways to cover a team. Every station, every newspaper, every you know radio outlet, they do it their own ways nowadays. You know, uh, uh, sites on, on websites, whatever it might be. We've done it this way. I think it's been a huge advantage. You know, obviously me personally, I've enjoyed the association, but I think it's been an advantage in our coverage as well. The players do change, but some of them have been there a long time. And when they see you regularly, I, I always make sure to be there during the week for practice as well and be visible there. You're not just parachuting in on game day. You, if you're there, they see that and, uh, and they give you credibility to have an opinion. They may not agree with your opinion. They may wish you're not criticizing a certain aspect of, of play, but they realize you're there 
So you have a fair shot to make an observation there. You're not just, oh, I'm reading something and then throwing stuff at the wall. So I do definitely think that's been true. And you get to know the assistant coaches and you get to know the support staff and you get to know, uh, you just have a lot of institutional knowledge about, oh, this time of day, what happens over there? Just simple things like that, which I think really enhance our coverage. Our sports photographer, Mickey Leach, has been with me through all those years as well. So he has also been on the front lines of everything. We work extremely well together and can help each other because we've been around for so much uh, of that action together. So I, I really think it's been a tremendous advantage. And we're in the preseason now, Brian, you mentioned, you know, what do you do in the preseason? And it's a different schedule than during the regular season, but it's the best time of year for me for networking and building those relationships and, and interacting with the players. Number one, the stakes are much lower for the, most players right now. They can talk to you about certain things. Um, and, and there's just a little bit more access, particularly on the road. I'm in Kansas city. I really look forward to the rest of today. Once the team gets here, you know, I'll connect with some of those guys. You don't know who it'll be. That's part of it too. Right now there are more than 80 guys on the roster and uh, you, you don't know who you're going to run into, but you should know something about that player so that you can connect and you never know where it will lead to down the road. It all kind of fits together. You can't just show up in the playoff games and, and say, well, I know this about the Packers. And I think the building is part of the part of the excitement for fans over the course of the season. And I think it helps in the coverage as well. You, know, you talked about things being a bit looser right now because it's preseason. So especially for those veteran players who aren't getting that playing time in the preseason. So they're able to sort of you know loosen up and enjoy themselves. One, I'm curious your perspective on the number one name of the Packers, Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, there have been times when things weren't very loose at all. Um, there were tensions or, you know, he's gone through injuries. But obviously, with all of the question marks, the last couple of seasons, is he coming back? Is he not? Is he going to be traded? He's demanding a trade. And now he's back. And it, he, it, we know, you know, he, he's all in for the Packers. And yet he's lost his number one receiver, Devontae Adams. And he's got this young receiving core. What is your what do you see in Aaron Rodgers? He comes off right now a lot looser and he seems happier than he had been the last couple of years, and yet he's going into a season with probably what I think many would agree is one of his potentially weakest or least experienced receiving cores ever. Let me just give you a uh, reference check, too, on how quickly the news cycle changes. You remember what happened the last time the Packers were in Kansas City? That was just last fall. He was out with COVID. Think of the doors that opened for Jordan Love to play that game and the comments and everything afterwards and where everything went. That was just last fall. Isn't that incredible uh, for so much that's gone on? But Rodgers is back. He's extremely well compensated. He said he wants to finish his career with the Green Bay Packers. So what does that mean in answer to your question, Brian? That means that he is trying to lead. He's modified his leading, st leading style a little bit over the years. And it's a little bit more inclusive now. Uh, it's a little more encouraging than it used to be. Uh, but we haven't played the games with the higher stakes. And he's a competitor at his core more than anything else. The reason Aaron Rodgers is in this position is he is a competitive individual and extremely highly compensated, highly competitive, elite NFL football player, one of the best players to ever strap it up and do it. You talk about arm talent. He has some of the best arm talent, maybe the best of all time. So his legacy is at stake here. How's he going to get along with that receiving core? I frankly can't wait. I'm captivated to see how it works. Defenses are going to not have to double or triple Devontae Adams. 
What does that mean for Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Robert Tunyon, the running backs out of the backfield? Will one of these young receivers be able to step up or will you be a preseason darling who lines up for the first time at U.S. Bank Stadium on opening night against the Vikings September 11th and gets popped off your spot at the line of scrimmage and you can't get to where Aaron Rodgers thinks you should be and then you wonder if you can ever do that in the regular season as things are going to play out for the next 16 games after that. I, I can't wait to see that part of things develop. I mean, I like X's and O's too, but I also like to know all that other stuff that happens. Like, like how, okay, so when you go up for Packers Wednesday, we, you know, not to talk inside baseball, but you shoot what are called look lives. And so you shoot some video of yourself up, you know, in front of the camera, and then we run some sound from the locker room, um, and then you tag it out. Do you... Do you have those thoughts of like what different, because they're all different topics. It's not the same thing that just gets regurgitated. It's a bunch of different areas and a bunch of different sound from the players. Do you think of those as you're in the locker room? Do they pop up as you're like, oh, that, that'll be one of the topics that we do for our coverage? Yeah, I, I think it's a great question. Uh, and I think it's a mix. If the Packers won the previous Sunday and their running game was dominant, it's natural that one of the themes is going to be, is this a fluke? Is this the way the team is going to go this season? Let's talk to the running backs. Let's talk to the offensive line, et cetera. Let's ask Matt LaFleur about that. If the team lost in a crushing defeat at the end, how are they going to bounce back emotionally this week? What is the, was that just one game that you throw away? So naturally those things would be evident as you get ready to cover the next week, because that's part of what you're thinking about. But plenty of the other stuff we're putting on the air is, what happened at practice Wednesday? What did you see? What did this guy say in the locker room? What bombshell did Aaron Rodgers drop? He's usually good for one every Wednesday anyway, and then everybody reacts to that. So it's you really need to be on your toes. I know uh, I you know correspond a little bit with Aaron every now and then, and we chit chat or we you know exchange messages. And I and I said you know the way, I've always described it to him as that his Wednesday sessions at his locker are almost the game within the game for us media types. Because you can go in with an idea, but it can take you in an entirely different direction. He's going to talk for 15, 20 minutes. Probably 12 minutes of that are, would be interesting material that can be packaged up somehow, some way for people. But Aaron Rodgers is not the only story of the Packers either. You have to guard against just putting him in every report because what about the defense? What about the special teams? What about something else that's going on? So it, it, it is, I go back to that phrase, the game within the game, because you want to provide your viewers with interesting full Packer coverage, knowing full well that some casual fans really only relate to Aaron Rodgers, want to hear from him. Some hardcore fans and viewers out there would like to know what's going on for the third defensive back in slot situations. You try to strike a balance. Well, I feel like in this day and age, if, if something's going to break on Aaron Rodgers, it's going to happen on the Pat McAfee show or something. There's so many outlets now for people to get their information from. And I think that's interesting because when you first started covering sports, I think I, I read this quote from you at one point, you went on and you were the authority. People said Fox 6 or Tim Van Voren, that's the place I've got to go to get my Packers coverage. Now there are myriad outlets to get that kind of information and a lot of it's instantaneous. So how has that affected the way you cover uh, sports in Wisconsin, the way you cover the Packers and the things you try to provide that maybe people can't get in some of these other outlets. It's had a mega effect. There's no question about it. And you need to evolve. We've all been, all, all of us in the journalism world have had to evolve. And some people have been more successful at it than others. 
And that's exactly right. The, the immediacy of what can be out there uh, has changed everything. And quite honestly, we were the big city. We were the, we were the Milwaukee reporters in there versus, you know, the Green Bay guys that the players had seen all the time. They kind of wanted to be out in Milwaukee. They, that was, a, that was a, a wider exposure for them. Uh, and nowadays, you know, we're not going to compete with Pat McAfee in terms of exposure or ESPN or NFL Network, whatever it is. So uh, I do think, granted the position I'm sitting in, it probably doesn't surprise you, but I do think having been there through all those years, Having been there when Aaron, just look, just think about Aaron Rodgers, having been there when Aaron Rodgers was drafted and having already been there a decade before that covering games, but uh, chatting with Aaron Rodgers when he was injured and he had the long hair, not this version of the long hair, but the, the, the initial version of the long hair when he was just a, an injured young guy sitting on the sidelines wondering if he'd ever get a chance to play. I can remember a pregame at Lambeau Field when we used to have more access to the field. We don't have that as much anymore. But I, I stood there. We had a 20-minute conversation. Uh, he was on crutches, and he just we were just free-flowing about where his career might go. So, And now, so many years later, that's part of what has made Aaron Rodgers who he is uh, and the ability to cover him there. So it's, it's changed a lot. I think having been around builds into that, helps that. But you have to understand you're not going to beat uh, Adam Schefter from ESPN, who's getting information fed by an agent, you're not going to you're not going to win that battle. That can't be what you give your viewers. You have to give them some of the insights, some of the analysis, maybe some of the history or perspective that you're offered by having been around Packer players, uh, coaches, organization uh, for X number of years. You know, I was thinking about this, Tim. When I have covered state legislatures, it's often the staff that's been in Madison for years and years and years that know the ropes, they know everything about the city, the legislators come and go. There's new faces all the time. And now there's, granted, there's some who stick around for a long time, but a lot of those faces turn over. I see a similar analogy with the Packers, the players who come and go and come and go, and you've been there for all those years. Have you ever had any situations where you've got a, you know, a rookie walking through Lambo who doesn't know where to go and you're you're pointing them to their, there's the restroom or whatever? I mean, is, is it like that? You know, you've been there through thick and thin through all of this, and some of them have just arrived. Absolutely. Uh, just recently, it was the Saints were there practicing with the Packers. I was telling they're asking us, where's the weight room? Where's this? Where's that? So I think that was a visiting team, but uh, that was funny. Uh, certainly Packer players have, have asked me things they think I, as you said, just a familiar face having been around. There was one, uh, you know, Bubba Franks back in the day used to confuse me with somebody who was on the staff. He would always be asking me in the hotel uh, you know, where's the meeting? I mean, you know, so I mean, it's just, uh, it's just funny stuff that, that props up yeah. over the years, but you're exactly right. Some of the, some of the uh, continuity comes from the support staff, the assistant coaches, the behind the scenes people. Let's just think of Matt LaFleur. When Matt LaFleur was hired, he's immediately thrust into the spotlight because he's the new coach of the Green Bay Packers. He barely ever even been to Green Bay. You know, all of a sudden he's going to be the front man for your organization. And so he's leaning on that support staff for advice. Some of these players who've been around and even kind of feeling out the media, legitimate stuff, because again, if he said the wrong thing anywhere along the line, it was going to get legs and go viral. That's what happens nowadays. So he wants to be well advised and takes a while to get comfortable. And we've seen him grow into a more comfortable position as the head coach of the Packers 
partially through the success he's had, but partially just because now he's been there a few years. So in addition to your duties and responsibilities for the Fox 6 News and the Fox 6 Sports Department, another thing that you need to do while you're covering the Packers and on the road is eat food because you need to stay nourished. Now, I mean, I've heard little birdies have told me that you keep kept, maybe you still do, I don't know, a log of all the places you've eaten, maybe in and around Green Bay. Is that still a thing? Is there a place where you're like, I have eaten this 158 times, I'm not going back? You know, what do you do on the road? Do you guys have favorite spots, I have to assume? Ah, uh, those are great questions. Then those are the burning questions. That That's really, what I want to know. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Inquiring minds want to know, Tim. That's right. For a while, you know, in Green Bay, I'm there every Wednesday. Okay. So just to kind of make it more interesting and break it up a little bit, we did decide uh, a decade ago or longer ago, let's try to just go to a different place every week. So we never repeat it. Well, then we got into, well, let's try to go to a different place. We've never been to ever before on a Wednesday and it just kept growing. And we did end up doing a story on, on Fox six about, you know, we had lasted a decade of, uh, you know, you wouldn't even think possible but we did um and and then we did call it quits on our own and thankfully actually time-wise that was the december before uh covid19 altered everything and you know restaurants were closed we weren't covering the same way and everything so th that streak came to an end but we still mix it up a little bit and try to have you know a little fun with things in green bay as far as places on the road sure i mean i've been to every stadium uh, you know, I have not been to LA yet or Las Vegas because those are newer than, mm -hmm. but for a while there, I'd been to every stadium uh, and that means every city. And, um, you know, you certainly have your, your favorite spots along the way. And then when the schedule comes out, you're thinking, Oh, maybe I'll, I'll go to that restaurant that year. Uh, if we're in that particular city. So see, that's the thing about, about your one at a time or going to a different one every time is if you had favorite ones in green Bay, you couldn't go back. Couldn't go back. Yeah. And we could, you know, if you went to, if you went to one, uh, whatever you want to say, Culver's, you couldn't go to another Culver's. I mean, Culver's was then off the list or whatever it might oh, be. No. So, yeah, I know. There was a lot of pressure there, a lot of pressure. So uh, it was fun while it lasted. And uh, people used to, you know, even the players would be like, where'd you go to eat today? You know, so oh, I mean, that's hilarious. got a life of its own, which was great. In fact, I remember Donald Driver, that's how long, you know, I, I, it was a long streak at one point while he was still playing. And then he was trying to sell me on going to his restaurant because he had a, <laughs> an ownership stake in a restaurant in Green Bay. So, you, you know, it, it's it kind of goes with what we're talking about here is that continuity. You're around each other. You do build these other relationships where you're talking about other things than what route were you running there, Donald. Uh, and he's actually about, you know, he then is able to put his guard down a little bit. We're not just coming at a player with questions about why'd you drop that pass there there is a shared relationship and a lot of it is just fostered through the years of being together you know i feel like we could talk all day long and i don't want to keep you forever because you've been very gracious with your time before we get to off the record i just want to sort of wrap this up with one thought because we're heading into the season we already talked about the questions with the receiving core i know there's a lot of excitement with this defense tim van Voren's predictions for the green bay packers in 2022 you could rip my prediction from the last six, seven years, guys, they're going to win their division. They're going to have a home playoff game. And then who knows? And I, I really think that's the same scenario. And, and that's kind of frustrating because, of course, that means they've had a lot of success, but they also haven't been able to get back to where they were after the 2010 season. I'm curious to see how it goes. They are once again a relevant Super Bowl contender going into the season. That's a wonderful position to be in. That sets the expectation and the bar pretty high. 
So it's kind of a cop-out. I realize that. I realize it's 17 regular season games till we get there. But let's be honest, in Green Bay, it's what matters in the postseason. And as much success as Matt LaFleur has had, record-setting success, it has translated to the postseason. So a lot of folks, Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, Brian Gutekunst, plenty of others, are on the spot this year to see if they can change that part of the narrative. Well, that's a good time for us to go off the record. This is the part of the podcast where we get a little more casual, though I don't know how that's possible, but we do have a little fun by answering a question for which we have not prepared. And of course, Sarah Smith has that question for us this week. What do you have, Sarah? Hello again. (laughs) I don't know why I said hello. That was weird. Um, Okay. Anyway, here's my question. So we've talked about... um you know, the a temperature control inside a house, you know, how you set your thermostat, all that. What if, however, you could set a thermostat for outside? Obviously, Tim, you've covered training camps and games that have been 95 degrees. You've also been in places where it's negative 10. And you're outside in all of it. So if you could set the thermostat outside to the perfect temperature, the perfect environment, what would it be? For a Packer game? No, just in life. In life. It wouldn't be negative 10. I'm pretty safe with that. It's valid. I don't think you're alone uh, in that. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd give you a solid 75. I'm a warm weather. I prefer the warm weather over anything else. I think that's a good number because it's not too hot. And I, you didn't ask about humidity, but I think if you can give me that 75 and a reasonable humidity, it's ideal. But I will say after being at my son's soccer game yesterday, um, we were facing, we were on the, we we're on the east side of the field. It's probably 75 degrees, maybe 80. Wasn't that hot of a day, but we're on the east side of the field facing west as the sun is going down. Sun right in our face with no clouds, and my face was on fire. So I think a nice, uh, maybe partly cloudy day, a little bit of shade, 75 with a breeze. You can't do better than that. Ooh, yeah, I was going to go like 73. I don't, I don't those, those like even numbers. I'd, so like 73, <laughs> no humidity, sun. That's my jam. It's different, though, if you want to swim, because I think if you want to get in the water, 75 could be a little chilly when you get out. So you might need to get into the 80s. But I think if you give me a typical day uh, out on the back porch with 75 degrees, I'm certainly happy. Well, that's a good way to wrap things up. Uh, Tim Van Voren, thank you so much for the time you've spent with us. And uh, I know you've got a lot more work to do, so we'll let you get on to it in Kansas City. But thanks again for being on Open Record. Yeah, nice chatting with you guys and uh, look forward to play, see how this whole season plays out. If you have a topic you would like us to discuss on Open Record or an issue you think we should investigate, please send us an email to fox6investigators at fox.com. Again, that is fox6investigators at fox.com. As always, thank you to the people who make this podcast possible, producer Pete, Dave Machuda, and of course, Sarah Smith. And please subscribe to Open Record if you have not already. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. With that, I'm Brian Polson. We'll be back again next week. Thank you.